Genesis 2, the creation story from the perspective of Adam. Many of you may have likely heard of me. I was the first human to walk the earth and one of only two to enjoy the privilege of daily face-to-face interaction with the creator himself. I didn't witness the birth of our planet, but I saw firsthand the true picture of God's design for the world, humanity, and our relationships with each other. And I've experienced God's burning desire for our relationship with Him. And although mine is a story that no earthly words or tongue can adequately describe, let me try to do just that. Imagine with me that the first explosion of primal beauty as all of the Earth's verdant green life blossomed into existence. The awe-inspiring sight of the world's first creature beating its wings upon the winds of a sky that had never known before companions. And above it all, a divine creator smiling at his own handiwork, filled with love for all that now was and all that was yet to come. Yep. This is a story that must be told. The story is not mine alone to tell, however. I wasn't there at the very beginning, though I do remember bits and pieces of those dramatic first moments of my life. The Creator himself loved retelling the story to me. There was a sparkle in his eyes and a proud, exuberant energy in his voice when he spoke of it, as if he was sharing about the, maybe the birth of his first child. My account begins after the creation of the earth, when the vast plains of the planet remained fallow and bare. No plant life, not even a weed, could spring up, for God had not yet made rain pour from the clouds. The earth sat empty, dry and barren, unadorned by life with no one to cultivate it. God knew what was necessary for life, and so he created a spring, deep and wide, that rose from the crust of the earth. And through this spring, he watered the whole face of the dry desert land. Where once there was only dust and sand, now there was a lush field, bursting with its own potential for life. But his future garden would need someone to tend it. And so, like a potter, God formed me in his hands, the first man. He scooped together some dust from the ground and formed my body, an intricate and vital organic masterpiece made from these seemingly worthless particles of matter. And then, as the angels looked on in silent anticipation, he stooped down and breathed into my nostrils his own spirit, the breath of his life. And when I opened my eyes and I looked up, I beheld my maker, and it took my breath away. I slowly rose to my feet and then watched, enraptured, as God continued to toil in creation. The garden, animals, and woman. In three deft strokes, the Creator painted a masterpiece of teeming life where once there had only been emptiness. First, the Lord created Eden, an extravagant garden where all of His creation could thrive. In time, this land would be called Mesopotamia and the Fertile Crescent. And it was here the Creator placed me, still rubbing my eyes and unable to shake my sense of wonder at what now surrounded me. I remember sitting riveted at the garden's edge, awestruck by his every move. Well, the Lord God began to fill in Eden by bringing up every tree pleasant to look at and good for food. I was now in a forest of tall, majestic cedars and oaks, green, leafy fig trees, and laurels with shimmering branches. 
All around me, the sky was dominated by the trunks of mighty trees whose regal visages stretched toward the heavens, being at once both ancient and newborn. There were so many and of such variety, I was amazed at their simple beauty. Two trees in the center of the garden, however, stood out as special. The tree of life, whose fruit would make you live forever, just as you are, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, whose fruit was the source of divine wisdom. I knew at once what they were, as if their very sight spoke silent to me of their natures. All these trees would need a water source to sustain the life that had been given them, and the Lord God provided it in abundance. He created a single massive river flowing out of Eden and then divided it into four branches. The name of the first branch was Pishon. It flowed around what would one day be called the land of Havilah. The second he called Gihon. It flowed around the land of Cush. And the third was the Tigris, which flowed east of the future Assyrian Empire. And the fourth river was the great and now famous Euphrates. Flanked by land filled with fertile soil, these rivers turned this desert garden into a true oasis, ripe for new life to take root. Well, then the Lord bid me to come. I walked with him as he made it clear that I would be the overseer of this paradise and the cultivator and farmer of the Garden of Eden. As his servant, it would be my charge to till and keep it. I would tend to the life he had created and see it grow and expand and dazzle the world with its abundance. I was excited and honored to receive this charge, but there was even more to come. Eden's king then gave me two unforgettable commands and a solemn warning. The first command was, eat, eat the fruit of all these abundant trees in this garden that I made for you. Now at this I was ecstatic and I looked forward to tasting the fruits of trees more than I can count. He let the generosity of that first command sink in before a second boundary-setting command spilled equally lovingly from his lips. However, son, do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree in the garden center. I alone am the king and the one you are destined to follow. I looked back at the center of the garden, my view partially obscured as new growth continued to blossom through the trees. My attention fixed now on the silhouettes of the two lone trees at the garden center. Yes, I could see that they stood out more vividly than the rest of the sites, distinguished by their distance from the plants around them. My creator then offered the all-important reason for giving the second command. For in the day, Adam, that you or anyone eats of that tree and seeks to take my place as king, I promise you that you shall die. You shall die. And though I could not comprehend the nature of death, as no such thing had yet occurred on this young earth, I still felt deeply the dire importance of this command and understood God's desire to protect me. The plants and the trees of Eden were lovely to look at, astounding even, but God's creative wonders had only begun to unfold their charms. My God looked at me closely and saw both my potential and what I was missing. It's not good, Adam, that the man should be alone. I will make you a helper as your partner in this work of taking dominion and multiplying on the earth. Well, the Creator's next move was awesome to behold. Where once the branches of nearby trees swayed only with the cadence of the breeze, 
Now there were quick bursts of activity that caused ripples throughout the surrounding canopy. The rustling of leaves and low-hanging branches was joined by the soft skittering of tiny feet. Quiet chirps could be heard faintly in the distance and they were slowly accompanied by more and more small harmonious voices until the air itself was alive with the joy of song. I heard the first stirrings of animal life, the first breath, the first cry multiplied a thousand times over as the lush paradise of Eden was populated with all the creatures of the earth. Well, the Lord then told me it was I was to decide what to name them, and he made it clear that they would be under my care and responsibility. I would look over them, see them thrive just like me. They were a part of God's creation. And although they were not created in his image as I was, I could see his beauty reflected in them. And whatever I called every living creature on the ground and in the air, that became its name. For indeed, I had been appointed to be steward over all creation. In the final scene of this creation story, God caused a deep sleep to fall upon me. As I slept, he opened up the flesh along my side and carefully removed a rib, seamlessly closing up the wound when finished. And with this rib that he had taken from me, the Lord God bore me a companion. When my eyes opened, I saw that he, she too was like me and yet also distinct. Love's poetry rushed forth from my lips. At last, here is the one who is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. I will call her woman, for out of man she was taken. Our Creator made it clear to both of us. God's design for humans on earth was a reflection of God's triune self. We were meant for each other and for intimacy. Well, I was able to witness God's design for our relationship firsthand, walking intimately with Him along the garden paths. I personally witnessed his eternal design and intention for life in this world, and I love to tell of our Creator's extravagant generosity for his creation. Eden was paradise indeed, a garden of glorious growth and beauty, a place where desires could be indulged without worry or want, where love could blossom unfettered, where evil could not be imagined. And yet evil would soon come. In its wake, the paradise that Eve and I enjoyed, along with the confidence of innocence, would both soon be lost to us. We would not only lose our innocence, but the sweet, intimate presence of our Creator. <laughs>